You're listening to Feast Meets West, the show celebrating Asian cuisine and culture as we have conversations with the passionate people from the world of Asian food. I'm your host, Linda Liu. In this time of COVID-19, HRN Studio is closed, so I am recording remotely from my apartment in Brooklyn. It may sound a little different than usual, but we're thankful for the technology that allows us to keep on recording. This summer, we'll broadcast a handful of episodes where I will be catching up with our friends in the industry to see what they've been up to, how they've adapted their food business or restaurant operation for this unusual and challenging time. In this episode, I called on Amelie Kang, owner of Mala Project, and Dennis No, chef and co-owner of Diondi, a couple of our friends that would actually have been panelists at the first Feats Meets West social event two months ago. Unfortunately, due to forces out of our control, Miss Rona pulled the rug out from under us. We've had to postpone the event, and since then, we've stopped socializing in groups, we've stopped dining out, and started staying home, sheltering in place, doing our part to flatten the curve of new corona cases as essential workers tirelessly work on our behalf, fighting this invisible virus and keeping our supply chains running. Thankfully, it feels like we're past the worst, the peak of hospitalizations in New York. And the conversations now are about how the city and our restaurants can safely reopen. As I speak, there are a number of restaurants that have already reopened for pickup and delivery. But there are also many beloved institutions and mom and pop shops that have made the tough decision to close their doors as margins are slim, the rent is high, and not being fully operational for a couple months meant having to shutter a business. While those in the food and restaurant industry are facing a new adversary in an already demanding line of work, we as diners, consumers, and residents of our cities must cheer them on, be open to new creative solutions, and make an effort to support them when they need us the most. And now, here is my conversation with Amelie Kang, followed by my conversation with Dennis No. So hey, Amelie, how's it going? (laughs) Good, can't complain. Yeah, how are you holding up? Uh, we're good. We we closed uh, around uh, uh, we closed Mala Project around March, mid March, and we actually mm-hmm. just opened up for takeout and delivery last week. Uh, this fr- this past Friday, about a week ago. So yeah, yeah. Tell me about um, when Mala Project first closed the dining in service. Um, you said that was mid March. Um, how did you make that decision, and what did you do next? Uh, it was really strange at Mala Project because we didn't really see any. Um, we we weren't re- really affected until the uh, virus was getting pretty serious, and right before the city was uh, shutting down. So. Um, 
around the beginning of March, that's when we really see a decrease in dining sales, and then everything just happened so fast. Within a week, we uh, we lost you know around half of the the dining sale, um, and we actually op- stayed open for takeout and delivery uh, for another week after we closed dining. Uh, we also came up with the quarantine sauce, which is the mala hot sauce that you can uh, have with uh, rice, noodle. It's very delicious, and we were selling that for a while. Um, but everything just happened so fast. Um, so I think it was March 18th is when we officially cl- closed our doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit too surreal even just thinking back right now yeah all of that just happening in the span of a week yeah that's so (laughs) crazy and so you were doing um the quarantine sauce and and some takeout right after the dine-in service was closed Mm -hmm. um did you stop that for a reason or did you keep doing it for a while we did it. We tried to do it. Um, we wanted to stay open. We really wanted to, um, but I think after about five days, it just became clear that it was not. Um, it was not doable for us specifically because most of our chefs uh, live really far, and even mm. though we had rented cars for them, we had. Um, we were able to bring them to work and then uh, drop them off and nobody was taking, you know, they, they, they were able to not take public transportation. But yeah. uh, I think everybody was a little, everybody was nervous and I was mm-hmm. nervous. It was just not a good mentality to work um, mm-hmm. with. So we just decided to close. Yeah, you wanted to be really thoughtful for your team and your staff, especially as the virus was ramping up, that totally makes sense. Yeah, um, and especially you know with the Chinese background, we were hearing all the different stories from China, from the parents. It was just uh, the the information was uh, overloading. Like the seriousness was quite up there. So uh, we yeah. just couldn't yeah. open. Yeah. Um. Have you, I know it's been such a hard time for everyone across the board, um, but particularly the restaurant industry has been hit so hard. Mm-hmm. Have you had to let go of any of your staff or, or make those hard decisions on top of closing the restaurant for this time? Um, unfortunately, we had to um, let go of our teams uh, just because, you know, that was the only way that they, they can uh, file for unemployment. Um, right. Um, but at the same time, we know that eventually we're going to hire everyone back. Now that we're open, um, we did. We were able to hire some of the staff back. Um, obviously, we're not fully staffed. Uh, we're mm-hmm. not. Um, but we were at least we were able to do that now, and especially with the PPP loan. Um, we're still we're pretty connected with the team, so checking mm-hmm. in with them. Um, so I think I'm pretty optimistic when it comes to when when the time comes when we're ready to open up dining, we're able to bring everyone back. Um, 
And I don't really mind letting everyone go just because, you know, as long as you're connected, as long as, you know, everyone is covered by the benefit, um, that's probably the best option any, uh, out there anyways. Yeah. And um, as a small business owner, were you able to secure some of that loan funding? Uh, we yeah we are able to very very fortunately we were able to uh, get our loan mm. um, so that's that's extremely helpful in terms yeah of, that's so good to hear know, yeah normalize the payroll yeah and um, how has this affected your plans for the year I mean we just want to send twenty twenty back right but. <laughs> What did you uh, have in mind? I think we're just gonna scratch off 2020 from the calendar yeah. and yeah. <laughs> next year start over again. Uh, but it's definitely. I mean, we, as you know, we were we were, we were planning to open the third restaurant, and that's definitely being delayed. Um, so right now we're trying to apply for the construction license and um, that's going to take much longer than expected. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's a little bit, I try to not look at the the original plan anymore and even just yeah. looking back, the meeting notes that we had, we had all the, all the plans and the, uh, all these ambitious, you know, things that we wanted to do during this year, but it's, it's what it is and you, you you just have to pivot with the situation um so i think right now we're just trying to focus on keeping everyone safe and uh, if we can pat if we can get through this period then it's also i think it's almost a ble- ble- um blessing in disguise because mm. you're if you're able to push through this time then you can really push through anything almost and you yeah. can you know discover your potential uh in a way that you you can't otherwise yeah that's a um, great outlook this is definitely the the hardest thing especially for restaurants and businesses that really depend on that um in-person connection too yeah. um so in the the last two months, so I guess between closing and reopening for takeout, what have you been up to? Any like quarantine projects or has it been kind of full on with like figuring out next steps for Mala project? Um, work was pretty uh, mellow. There wasn't a lot of work to do, but we were, we were talking, you know, we were there's the quarantine sauce project that we we were working on and um the the construction obviously takes up a mm. lot of designing and planning um and we True. can do that from home so that's very very fortunate that we can still work on that yeah that's a productive um, project for you <laughs> yeah um so at least we have things to keep us busy otherwise i think i, I would go crazy um and other than that, just probably same as everyone else, you know, a lot of work, a, a lot of working out and Coursera and YouTube and things like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, <I> just <laughs> so busy. 
Yeah. Have you um, picked up any new hobbies or have you been like cooking more at home? Oh, yes. I have. Actually, I have been cooking more. I, uh, we don't we don't cook a lot at the house, but um, with, you know, now we're we're cooking every meal, which is pretty nice. Um, yeah, I think I think besides cooking and working out and just Coursera mostly in terms of personal projects. <laughs> yeah. What's Coursera? Mm-hmm. Coursera is this uh it's a great platform where you can take online courses and most they have ah. you can pay but um mm-hmm. they they also have a lot of free courses like you can take and they're all taught taught by uh college prof- uh, actual professors not you know so like like a YouTuber. amateurs <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah. what kind of courses have you been taking uh, I took, I took a bunch. I took social psychology. I've been taking this uh, finance and marketing uh, mm-hmm. course, and that's eight weeks long, so it's pretty intense. And then there's um, uh, a marketing course, and they focus on how to make things go viral. And I found that was that was interesting, but it was also kind of like, you know, let me just see how it, how how it is. One of the first courses I take, I took. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. And again, like all these skills, I feel like you can apply back to your business. I yeah. feel like you're always being productive. <laughs> yeah, I think you just have to. We just have to stay positive because yeah, if you look at this, you you really don't get a lot of. Um, you know, we're fortunate enough that you don't have to go into work. Um, you can stay home and be safe and be healthy mm-hmm. and. Um, you 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 don't really get a lot of time to slow down um maybe this is maybe this is a sign to like take things easy and just explore possibilities it sounds so cliche but i feel like it's true yeah so what's next for mala project um we're so right now we're pretty much just stabilizing the takeout and delivery our first day um was quite a mess because we <laughs> we were we we got so much um uh, response yeah everyone was so excited that you guys were back yeah and i i didn't you know we 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 couldn't expect that and we were just we were so overwhelmed at the same time so grateful for all the orders to come in but um the first day was quite stressful but luckily um, everything got back to normal the next day, so that's pretty good. I think we it this is this will be a good opportunity for us to see how to improve our takeout and delivery service, mm. um, and we'll we'll see. I'm not even you can't really plan on uh, opening for dine in at this moment because things change so fast, um, and, and obviously people's work life is going to change a lot and you know we, we don't even know if everyone is going back to work this year um uh, so uh, yeah. just have to focus on the the off-site delivery service right um and how are you tracking the reopening status for dining in um we I we can we we get we get you know the you you look at the news and mm-hmm. you also 
Um, we talked to, to the lawyers, um, small business, uh, there's small business alliances and some organizations. Mm. Everyone is saying different things. Um, <laughs> so it's really just, um, but I think the ballpark would have to be the same. Now, now there's the talk, maybe we can open in June. Um, but even even you are op- if, even if we're able to open in June doesn't mean we'll necessarily get business in June. Um, so it's it's kind of hard. It's a lot it. of factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, how do you think the landscape for New York restaurants will look and specifically for Asian restaurants, too? How will that look different when we reopen, do you think? Um, I think this year is definitely going to be very strange. Obviously, Mm. people will probably go out less um, and people are traveling less. Uh, So many New Yorkers have moved out of the city. We don't know if they're going to move back. Um, Unfortunately, some of the restaurants have already closed for good. Um, so yeah. and very sad to see that. But I'm pretty. I think at the same time I'm optimistic. I think the restaurant scene, the food scene, drink scene is always going to be exciting in New York. I think yes. if we're able and to, yeah, if we're able to defeat the virus, then um, next year it'll. You know, I think we'll come back and things should return to normal, or at least that's what I'm hoping. Um, because at the end of the day, we still need to socialize, even if, uh, you know how like a lot of the companies are talking about working from home, but at the same time, you still need to eat, you still need to gather. Um, so there's always the need to go out and uh, have a proper meal, um, you know, sit at a bar and just have a pint. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Um. <laughs> What are those uh, first things you're going to do when the city fully reopens? I think I want to go to a diner and just have a milkshake and a burger. I've been, ta- <laughs> I've been talking about this for so long. I, I've, yeah. I'm pretty determined that's going to be the first thing I do. Oh, man, those simple dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to yeah. come to fruition really soon. I do. Think. Yeah, yep, me too. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much, Amelie, for chatting with me. Thanks for having me. I hope everyone's, you know, safe and hopefully we can go back to our normal life pretty soon. Yeah. Take care. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com.
Dennis, how have you been? Uh, well, thanks for having me on, Linda. And um, it's nice to hear from you. And uh, it's nice to see that we're starting to resume conversations again. But um, to answer your question, uh, you know, I think we're all doing as well as we can be during this crazy, challenging time. Yeah. Um, when did Diondi close the restaurant for dine-in service? So we closed March 16th, that Monday, I believe. Um, the days are kind of confusing, but I think it was around that time frame. We made that decision to close. We only beat the mayor's decision by a couple hours. I remember we kind oh, of agonized wow. about that yeah. decision all yeah. through the weekend. And I started talking to friends and colleagues at other restaurants. Um, we talked closely with Trig and Josh over at Winson. And we both kind of made the decision over the weekend that we were going to close on Sunday after service. And then the mayor came out and said that immediately afterwards that he was suspending uh, all dine-in. Wow. That's, it's really great to have that like um, community support system that you can at least like trade ideas, even when we're not getting that like firm direction um, yeah. from the city. But what did you do next? Did you like have to take a few days to like reconfigure or did you know that you were going to just go into like takeout, pickup, delivery service? No, you know, I had no idea what we were going to do. Um, all I knew is that I had this amazing team that, uh, you know, some individuals needed to work. We had some undocumented individuals that that social safety net does not exist for them. So my immediate focus started to think about, okay, well, we're closed now. I really value this entire team. What can I just do in the meantime while my partners and I try to figure out what our next steps were? So, you know, I think we did close for one day, but I did not keep anyone at home that was comfortable coming in. I think a couple of our team members, I just kept them working, we just immediately started to clean the entire restaurant mm. um, and kind of start packaging things away, evaluating stuff in our walk-in, stuff that we mm. knew we needed to do something with immediately. Um, and we kind of just kept working throughout that week and then came to the realization that um, we did, you know, there was enough of us that felt comfortable mm -hmm. um, trying to make this work and operating as a delivery takeout. Yeah. So it sounds like you took that week to like set up and adapt the restaurant and then you went for it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So how have you adapted the restaurant, the menu? Like what's on the menu now? Well, right now, you know, so we had about a, you know, it was it was only a couple of days that, you know, we had to figure everything out and we had just coincidentally launched delivery takeout that same week that this all went down. We had not previously done delivery and takeout mm -hmm. before. Um, so just by the grace of God, we had already started that week and had already started to build in some reps and had figured out, yeah, wow. figured out the infrastructure <laughs> to do that. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, getting ramped up again wasn't as big of a lift as if we had not done all the right. due diligence and planning, um, you know, during the early part of this year. So when we launched, you know, the weather was a bit cooler. It was still in the, like mm -hmm. the middle of, you know, it was in early, early 2020. So it was still cold. So we, we, we launched with a very basic um, selection of our soups, 
our fuzz and a couple appetizers. And we've been, we've been generally, we've been running that same menu ever since. Now with the weather starting to change, uh, it's starting to get warmer. Um, you know, my team and I have gotten to a point where um, we've gotten past the growing pains of trying to operate during this time. And we've mm-hmm. actually spent the last month um, just R&Ding, trying to take advantage of this opportunity to continue being creative and trying to push ourselves to make the most delicious food as we possibly can. So we're going to actually launch a new spring summer menu that we've been working on for the last uh, you know, six to eight weeks um, next Friday. And it's going to be a new exciting menu that we're really proud of. And it's going to yeah. be something that people uh, you know, are more accustomed to eating during the warmer weather. Oh, yeah, that's so thoughtful. I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah, me too. And I saw I saw you were doing some um, cool special dishes um, over the last uh, couple of months as well. So the the crawfish boil was a popular yeah. item. How did you come yeah. up with that? Well, you know that just goes back to us trying to stay. You know, just trying to keep the creativity alive. You know, even though mm-hmm. we're dealing with this challenging time, um, you know, our day. Our day, you know, our day consists of us trying to be creative, trying to make the most delicious food that we can. And we know, we realize during this time that food is an outlet for individuals to just kind of get an escape from every, all the craziness that's <laughs> going on around us. It's all we have, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all we have. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I just came from the perspective of like, you know, let's just start cooking things that we're interested in. It doesn't necessarily have to be cool. Vietnamese. Um, and I think, you know, we started a new Instagram page called DD. D-I-D-I dot N-Y-C. And that literally means to go in Vietnamese. Um, So we started like just taking that Instagram account and then we just started kind of using that as like an R&D Instagram where we started posting things about things that we were cooking and running as specials that were just interesting to us at the time. So you'll see the Vietnamese Cajun stuff, but you'll also see like things that are close to the team. A lot of us are from Texas. We were missing fajitas at one point. So we made fajitas one night and ran that as a special. Um, and now it, you know, it's kind of grown to where the entire team's gotten involved and we've really enjoyed um, using this avenue to kind of still engage with our guests, still show them what we're doing. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I, like I said, we, we try to take this opportunity to continue to push ourselves and be creative. And this is one of the things that we've been doing. That's great. And I'm following that account immediately. Um, yeah. What else is new? I see you guys have some merch up. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, merch during those early days after the closures, um, the merch stuff was instrumental for us to not only mentally but financially just give us a little bit of a bridge to uh get us back up and running again and i think we were so overwhelmed by the support of our our community and our and our guests and how many people were just asking us for merch and Mm -hmm. um you know god bless my partners twan and kim they really took upon that that challenge and started Mm -hmm. developing and getting merch made um, just to fulfill the demand and, and wanting to provide that avenue for our guests to provide support for us. Yeah, that's fun. Um, I'm totally rocking my long sleeve t-shirt 
and uh-huh. I hope to one day be fully decked out head to toe in Dion D merch. <laughs> totally yeah, okay with that. Yeah, well, you that. know, we've got some super cool t-shirts, um, and then we st- we just got in these really cool face masks that a talented friend made for us, and ah, very timely. in the style of Dion D that we're going to start mm-hmm. to sell, and um, we have a lot of bunch of ideas. You know what this. What this time has forced, I think, a lot of uh, operators and restaurateurs mm-hmm. to do is to kind of fast track all these projects that you had yeah. down the pipeline. Right. Um, now you have this. Op- now you have the time, and now we have to all start to be creative and think about. Okay, you know, we can't have guests in our restaurant for the time being. Our our industry is kind of upended for the foreseeable yeah. future. So, what can we do? What projects did we th- were we thinking about that? We can kind of fast track now and see if we can generate a new revenue stream for us. And I know it's pretty obvious, but merch was something that we knew we wanted to do down the road, but we just never found the time to kind of focus on it. Um, mm-hmm. And this has allowed us the opportunity to think about that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a lot of um, kind of positive positivity there uh, with like reorganizing your plans for 2020. Yeah. And what's the takeout business like these days? Has it been quite busy then? Uh, so initially in the beginning, takeout business for us was pretty robust. Um, nowhere near what it used to be when we had dine-in guests, obviously. But, right. um, you know, for us, it was enough to keep the operation running, pay our team, which was the most important thing for us, mm-hmm. um, and also pay some of our fixed costs that we have still, you know. Whether we have 200 people in the restaurant at a time or we only have eight people in the restaurant at a time, it still costs us the same amount of money in rent, electricity, yeah. water, um, all those fixed costs that are recurring. Um, those those continue to go on regardless uh, if we're operating at full capacity or not. So the ability to have a positive revenue stream coming in, whether how small it is or not, um, has been very, very helpful for us to just keep the lights running and keep our operation going and and most importantly keep the team working because i i would be very concerned if um you know for us if we had not been open this entire time and now we were starting to rethink about doing this and not knowing where the team is and if they had to move on or circumstances that changed for them so um, yeah have you been able to keep everyone on your team during this time Definitely, we have not been able to keep everyone that mm-hmm. we would like to. Um, yeah. We, For the kitchen side, um, I'm happy to say that for everyone that feels comfortable working um, mm-hmm. and is able to work, um, we've been able to find them position with us. Um, mm-hmm. For the front of house team, that's a little bit more challenge given that there's just no um, front of house service anymore. So... Um, that's going to be an ongoing challenge for us to figure out way, creative ways that we can provide opportunities for our front of house team that are still looking for work. And mm-hmm. that's a challenge for myself and my partners to just kind of, you know, take upon of like, okay, I have X, Y, and Z that are also looking for work now. What other mm-hmm. fun projects can we launch and see if we can generate a positive revenue stream right. from? And give this, give our, give these value team members an opportunity to continue working with us. Yeah, that's really thoughtful. Um, and how are you tracking the reopening status for dining in? Yeah, you know, so you know, obviously, I'm watching the mayor's briefing, the governor's briefing every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, our our legal advisors um, generate a really nice daily email that uh, mm-hmm. kind of recaps everything that's going on. There's just so much information out there. Um, it's hard to digest everything. The guidance from the national level and federal level versus state um, can kind of be conflicting sometimes. So yeah. it really is a – it does feel like a full-time job just trying to disseminate all the information that is given to us every single day and and then trying to take that and see how it applies to us as a small business. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of the many challenges that all – small business owners are facing right now and understanding what the new reality will be. Um, yeah, day-to-day as we, well. Yeah, and, and and while also trying to operate day-to-day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I look at the stuff overseas. I follow all that stuff because there are mm. a couple weeks to months ahead of us mm. and particularly following the restaurant industry and seeing how it feels over there right now. <coughs> Excuse me. How it feels over there right now has been interesting. Right. Um, How are you feeling about our city's path to recovery, to really overcoming this virus? You know, I'm a I'm naturally a a pessimist. I'm a half (laughs) glass is half empty type of guy. Um, Yeah. But I think in this case, you know, I'm just trying to stay as optimistic as possible. I Mm -hmm. I have lots of questions, um, you know, and. It's the path to getting back to, you know, something that I recognize as New York City and particularly the restaurant industry. I, you know, I I, I want to say that hopefully there are going to be some, you know, whether it's a vaccine or some right. kind of research that alleviates the fears for, uh, for guests about dining out again. But honestly, I don't know. It's just so hard to predict. Um, All I can do is try to control my emotions every single day. I try to give give space for myself to panic Mm -hmm. and accept that, you know, (laughs) I have a lot of anxiety about the situation. But, um, you know, internally with the team, you know, I, you know, I think we can just try to control what we can control. And Mm -hmm. what I can control right now is operating as a delivery takeout. What I can control right now is trying to come up with creative solutions about, recapturing that lost revenue and mm-hmm. what we can do as a team and how do I utilize our talented team and find them opportunities to help contribute to this. Um, you know, that's my big challenge and that challenge and that kind of work has really kind of occupied my mind um, 100%. But mm-hmm. I think I find, I, I'm, the, I'm at my best when I'm constantly working. So um Constantly working while exhausting mentally and physically has also helped to just alleviate my anxiety. So I feel really blessed to have that kind of opportunity to focus all my energy on something. I know that is not definitely the case for most people right now. A lot of people are out of jobs. A lot of people are at home. Um, You know, I feel really blessed and privileged that I still can operate my business, even though at a limited Mm -hmm. basis. And I do have a place to go to where I can work. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're incredibly focused right now, and that is, that's amazing, and it's giving you new challenges. Um, but outside of D&D work, are you, um, you know, taking some time for yourself? What what else have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Like any quarantine projects that have come up? 
Uh, you know, nothing that, you know, is exceptionally different than my normal routine. I think, you know, I'm finding opportunities to read a little bit more these days. Um, but, you know, my mind still stays 100% focused on the restaurant um, day in and day out. You know, I think someone asked me the question the other day of like, uh, are you working more? Or are you working less um, during this time? And for myself, even though I think, you know, we're not operating a full service anymore and I'm not having to be part of a, a dinner service. So like my time commitment at the restaurant hours wise might be a lot less, but just my mind now is occupied on the restaurant, you know, 24 seven, whether I'm here or at, or at the restaurant at home, you know, so um, it doesn't seem like I have a lot more downtime as opposed to previously when I think about For it. For sure. Yeah. And you have to yeah. constantly adapt day to day, week to week to developing changes. And, and that's a constant thing you'll have to think about um, as yeah. a business owner, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, what are um, the first things you're going to do when the city fully reopens? Oh, my God. What am I going to do? I, you know, I think for my wife and I, you know, eating out and enjoying the New York City hospitality industry is uh, something that will we won't take advantage, you know, we won't take for granted again. Um, You know, just, you know, going to our favorite restaurant and eating outside would be wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, seeing people again would be really nice. You know, I... uh, (laughs) I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an introvert to begin with. So, like, I'm not the most social butterfly, but mm-hmm. I really miss my friends and I really miss being able to see people and have people over and cook dinner for them and, um, you know, just establish those personal connections that, you know, while it's it's nice to talk to people on the phone or do Zoom meetings, it just doesn't rep, replace you know, hanging out in somebody's house or apartment on the couch and, you know, just watching TV together or, or catching up on, on each other's lives. And, um, all those little things that we took for granted, um, you know, like has become very apparent about the things that I, I really, really do miss. Yeah. Completely feel the same way, Dennis. Well, thank you so much for taking a moment to chat with me. Yeah. Thank you Um, so much for having me. Yeah, take care, and I'll I'll see you really soon, and probably during pickup <laughs> when I come by yeah, the restaurant definitely. next time. Absolutely. That's it for our show. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your support, and it would mean so much if you could leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another conversation from the world of Asian food.
Feast Meets West is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to find out more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, Heritage Radio 